about five, six days ago, I joined a WhatsApp group and it's called something like 21 day challenge on abundance or something similar. And it's a while ago since, since I joined a virtual group. I think since the pandemic, it's, it's been a relief to meet people in, in the live version and everything virtual has sort of stood back. Uh, and now that I got engaged in this group, I really, really enjoy it. I don't necessarily think it's a format of being a virtual group, but it's, it's a program on personal development, a very light program. It doesn't require too much effort. Anyway, um, you and I are now sitting in, um, in the countryside. We have passed midsummer. We're moving into summer season, well, a full summer season. It's been, been around for a while. And the topic we, we are revisiting is personal growth. Mm. And the last time we talked about this, we, um, we were in November, uh, so just sort of around Christmas time. And uh, we actually called that episode Personal Growth Part 1. So, um, and we, 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 at the end of that episode, we said, well, let's do another one soon. And that soon became a little bit later. But we really would like to have a conversation about, about personal growth. So uh, in, in that first episode, we addressed, you know, why, why do we get into personal growth at all? Obviously, you and I do because that's a chosen profession. But maybe it's worthwhile just um, coming back to the, to the why. Yeah. Why personal growth? Yeah. Yeah, we listened to that episode just now. And um, there's, it's, it's probably a little bit of a repeat. But, um, you know, if you're anything like us, you probably have forgotten that. So um, th there's... We, we talked about in that in that episode last six months ago about uh, two two main reasons for personal growth. One is the uh, the sort of universal benefit of personal growth or the sort of societal benefit of personal growth, which is that if more people are growing as human beings or what we might call psychologically maturing as human beings, they will um, we will uh, be more effective at supporting the world or the, or society or humanity. So that's a very important reason. There's a sort of a universal reason. And the second is more individual or personal, which is that we, and what we said then was, well, if we, if we grow as human beings, if we focus on personal growth, then we are more likely, or we have a better chance to be happy, to flourish in life, to, and, and you call it then to, you know, we're, we're in the driving seat of our own lives. Uh, if we focus on personal growth. So I think those two primary reasons still stand. This is why we do this, why we would suggest and recommend people that to engage in it. I would add one more, uh, which is actually based on a, a uh, reaction of somebody after the episode on personal growth that we did last year, which was that the, the, the comment was really about personal growth is the most natural thing or growth is the most natural thing. Look at trees. So not growing as human beings. I mean, we as adults, we perhaps stop growing in, 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 in height, uh, but we still grow all the time. So not growing as human beings is almost unnatural. So if we go with the flow of nature, we will be 
engaging in personal growth naturally. So don't don't resist it. It's almost the the idea there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm now thinking about uh, you know how does this compare to growth in uh, you know in, in companies? So growth because we're not talking about growing necessarily your wealth or growing uh, your power. So the growth we talk about in personal growth is, I think, at a different level. And and they don't have to. It could it could be the same. They could be connected. But I think uh, there's the stigmatized way of looking at growth. When we talk about the corporate world, it's not sustainable to continue growing the way society or the way we we use the resources in the world. It's not a sustainable way, way of growth. I, I don't think that needs to be mixed up at all with personal growth. Um, so I think just to add on to this, the sustainability, knowing that we're growing our personal um, our personalities, our wisdom, our maturity, our consciousness will actually help us to find sustainable growth elsewhere in, in mm. the world. Mm. I think that is also worthwhile just Yeah, yeah and it comes back to the first point, right? So if we are engaging in personal growth, we are more, um, uh, we're more effective at doing what's good for the world as well. For the right reasons, yeah. uh, I think. And then, and then, without going into the details, we talked quite a lot about presence and curiosity, so attitudes or features that we we have as as human beings, and curiosity, looking at being a child again, and the fun aspect of doing things just because you're curious. That that drive is is very strong, and and how can we trigger that drive as adults? How can we find the child in us or that curiosity uh, gene in yeah. us because that will be perhaps the biggest driver to personal development. Yeah, and I, I think this is a really interesting challenge for people in our profession. So if if part of our job at least is, or a large part of our job is to help people with personal growth, how can we teach people to be children again or to engage with their inner child um, because that is where personal growth is most effective, to engage with the, the inner child where you do stuff that is uncomfortable, but because you do it with lightness and enjoy and, and adventure and fun, you sort of can deal with that discomfort much better. When we, we take away some of those layers that we learn as, as, as adults, which is about risk averse and it's about sort of not being embarrassed and all that kind of stuff, that we, we try to sort of help them navigate that by really engaging with the inner child again. Mm. So in the challenge that I joined, so this WhatsApp group, 21 Days of Abundance, uh, if that's what it was called, I, I can't remember. But one of the tasks, maybe it was even the first task, was phrased something like this. Um, think about 50 people who have inspired your personal development and growth. So 50 people that have inspired your personal development and growth. And my list of people, and I shared this, well, I didn't share the names with you, but I started talking about the exercise as such with you. It's quite interesting to see what's not there as well as what's there. But, you know, people from my childhood, not necessarily people that I I say that, oh, they, I, I admire them, I, they inspired me. They, 
actually there were some hard experiences mm. connected to some of these people. Mm. So for example, one of them, that was not necessarily the hardest experience, but one of them is, is our shared boss that we have when we worked in London. She has, she was important to my personal development, probably through some of the ways that she chose to work and how she provided feedback and how she navigated the world. I probably looked at her, maybe not deliberately, but, but it was there. But then I can also go back to some of my friends that I had when I was, um, somebody came up, a friend of mine when I was nine years old, mm. uh, uh, a girl that she inspired me greatly. And I wouldn't have looked at her as a guide in personal development, of course, back then, but I can see that she still has an impact or had an impact mm. on my development. So you had, for this exercise, you had to go quite deep back into your past, really, because the, the question was, who has influenced your personal growth over your lifetime? More or less. Yeah. yeah. I, again, I don't, apologies if, I, if somebody else is doing this challenge and remember the question being phrased slightly differently. This is how I remember it. And the reason I chose to go back so far is because 50 names, you think, gosh, I need to go mm. back to mm. the first person I can remember. So the first person on this list would be my parents. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's where, where it started for me. And yeah. then I sort of worked yeah. my way to present. And, and then I think you asked me, so... What about all the books you've read and, and authors and actors and, you know, none of them are there mm. because yeah. there wasn't room for that. I was completely in my personal space of who was very close yeah. to me as I grew up. Yeah. And so I, the moment you mentioned this to me, my mind went somewhere else. My mind went, who are the most important sources of inspiration right now for me? Mm. And obviously that's very difficult to name 50. So mm -hmm. exactly. I only got to about three. Um, and they are all people that are, you know, more or less a bit more famous yeah. than us. So it's not people that I know personally. Yeah. So my source of inspiration, inspiration, but I obviously took the question very differently. I didn't go back in my past. I didn't go to 50. Mm. And um, I looked actually only presently who are now sources of inspiration for me. So to give you one example, because how this exercise worked for me, it was a, a, a really strong reflective exercise and one of the persons that came came up is somebody i haven't thought about for probably 25 years and the reason he came up is because he was one of the reasons i stood up for myself in one, one of my first jobs that i had in a salary negotiation and i remember how difficult that that was and how how much um, resistance i had to him as a person although he was just the messenger of uh, corporate policy. Mm. But my resistance went against him as a person. And then, of course, I was dealing with my self-worth, you know, mm. feeling um, not respected enough because I didn't get the salary I thought I deserved. Mm. So that experience and, and being with that person, really interesting. But it was all about me. It wasn't actually about mm. that person. Mm. So I think that is the key in this, you know, it's not about the other person. It's about what's going through you as you are with that person in a situation. So, yeah, so it's, I guess it's an interesting question for people listening to this is what would be their list, right? Mm. Um, so pause, pause the episode here and come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. Who are your most important sources of inspiration for personal growth? Yeah, who had in an your, impact? Yeah. Who, 
out of you know and make the list big because I think that's the key to have a number so large that you don't think you have that many people and then you realize that there's so many more and I think for every person there is a bit of a story mm. and it may be you can even go into that story like I did now with one of mm. just one of many and that wasn't I suppose not not my biggest personal development story but it still had an impact on how I developed as a person mm. Mm. So, so you said you have three people or sources mm. right now sources mm. of inspiration yeah yeah I would say so yeah and what areas I can name them I mean for regular regular listeners to this podcast it's probably not a huge surprise that one of them is Sam Harris um, I listen a lot to his podcast and uh, and use the waking up uh, app uh, quite a lot so yeah so he's one source of inspiration in the area of well what is he not in right so he's quite a he he, uh, he interviews people in a in a large range of of areas um, but it's neuroscience it's um, the working of the mind the definitely also the state of the world and the future and so on so super interesting guy i like to listen to and who has been really a source of inspiration for me over the years and consistently for the last five years probably uh, second is a very specific area is around personal well-being but particular physical well-being is a guy called Peter Atia and um, and that I think I started listening to him about three or four years ago I was I've had three years of health things going on and I got really quite obsessed with my own personal health and also the health of human beings so physical well-being mostly and but also probably related to that mental well-being so peter tia is a, is a doctor in the us who has just written a book but he has done a podcast for several years and his website has basically all his content and it's brilliant it's extremely detailed uh really interesting stuff but you need to be a bit of a nerd in that area to enjoy that and then the third one would be jamie wheel who I haven't engaged with much over the last year or so, but I really want to get back to his work. And that is really about sort of the state of the world, society, meaning crisis. What can we do as human beings and in communities to deal with that, I would say, in a, uh, in a one sentence. Yeah. Mm. Those three, I would say. Mm. My sources of inspiration. So... Um... All American men. All American men in their 40s or 50s. What does that tell you? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It just happened to be, I think. It's probably more of a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I were to ask, answer that same question, I, I don't think I have names of people. I think I have practices so practices that at the moment inspire me it's like they cross fertilize other areas in life so for example my yoga practice which at the moment is ashtanga so those of you who practice yoga you know it's a quite strict uh, practice it follows a routine um, and uh, it's authoritative style in terms of the teacher sort of provides uh, the asanas or the the positions that you're you're supposed to be doing and how you should be doing them. So there's right and there's wrong. And uh, for me, that's a practice of 
of uh, how does that impact? How do I show up on the yoga mat to this routine that with this authoritative style? And what does it mean? How does it cross fertilize in other areas of life? Which is uh, for me quite interesting. And another one is, I think I've talked about this here before, is the area around, um, I call it the energy of the, f- the feminine and masculine energy. So with a focus on learning more about the feminine energy, having experienced masculine energy being very present in, especially in the corporate world, the structures, the ways of working, the ways of showing up, both men and women, has been more towards masculinity. So the question I have, the curiosity I have is around what if there were more femininity Mm. also in the corporate world? What would that mean to how I am? And how can I be inspired and inspire others in that area? Mm. So those are two practices that are pretty strong in me uh, in terms of where I look for sources of inspiration or exercises. And again, to come back to what I'm doing now, the 21 Day Challenge, the the woman who started that, who initiated that group, she's a great source of information from leading from femininity, I believe. So what are some of the really practical things you do to engage with personal growth or things that you would suggest or recommend to clients? What practices do people... I think the very first thing I'm thinking now about when I start a coaching uh, conversation, you know, first couple of sessions with a coaching client, I always suggest that they get a diary, yeah. a journal. It's funny. That's exactly where that's my, first thing. my mind my mind went to. It's like the most important is note-taking, journaling. Yeah. 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 So, so to really have that inner dialogue, somebody said... Um, he it's really interesting the way so this is also a coach so he described it as having a conversation with my roomie as if you have a roomie living inside of you mm. and you have the conversation and you write it down because otherwise that conversation goes in circles and you don't you know you don't get anywhere you get yeah, stuck yeah, yeah it's absolutely true I, I think journaling is a way to get that conversation that circle conversation in your mind on paper and mm. to actually create a, almost like a conversation with yourself or have some kind of self-coaching practice but the other thing is that if you write it down it's there and you can look back at it mm. right and you can and you you, you remember it more yeah um, so i think that's that's probably the number one very yeah. simple practical tool get a notebook or use a computer but you know yeah. but write it down somewhere yeah and then what else where would we start i i also usually start by um, asking people to analyze their calendars and the reason i would say that is to become more aware of how you spend time and that's the first question to how do you spend energy so you get hold of your energy in and out Mm. because i believe that to have be in personal growth you need to create a bit of space for yourself and a way to do that could be to create that space in the calendar and then be aware of the energy spendings and how to uh, fill up your energy mm. so that you can see that, okay, I, there's something here I can do. So take, for example, when is personal growth difficult? I think it's very, very difficult when you're super tired and you are sort of in survival mood. It's quite hard to then think about personal growth or find that urge or curiosity that we were talking about to develop as a person because you're mm. really trying to just hold yourself together 
I had uh, several conversations in the last couple of weeks with Swedish clients leading up to midsummer. And I was saying, well, you know, the summer's coming up. Now you have some time, right? Because normally it's so busy at work and blah, blah, blah. To engage in some of the more, you know, some of the more personal growth aspects of our coaching. And uh, the overriding view, I think, of my clients is that in the summer they have, have even less time because their social agenda is so busy with family time and people visiting and cooking and drinking and all that kind of stuff. I think that's very interesting because for us, we, I mean, for us, this is like, wow, you know, finally there's a little bit of time for personal growth. And that doesn't mean that we don't do any of the other stuff, but we just really build it in. We make it a priority. So that's another really, I think, an important principle or, or practical actually uh, aspect of it is just prioritize this. Mm. So the note-taking, there's something behind it, which is reflection, mm. right? So personal growth is, is, is a lot about reflecting on what has been happening over the last hours or days or weeks or whatever, and that you write that down. So the, the concept of reflection, which we obviously have talked about in this podcast and other episodes, uh, is important in, in, um, in personal growth. So we have experiences, but actually to reflect on those experiences and then make notes around it is important for personal growth because then you can start to look at how you're going to change things for the, for the future. And I suppose if you're not a writer, you know, you don't really enjoy writing or uh, journaling, if it feels a bit uh, difficult to get started, it could be just answering a question, which could be who inspired me today, coming back to that question, or what mm. did I learn today? Mm. And just a couple of sentences, so that will get you going. Mm. I think that is a, yeah. could be a way. And then don't think that you're going to do this every day. No. So 80, 20, five days out of seven or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for example. Yeah. But the other thing that I think works well, which is, I think I mentioned this now, four times, my 21 day challenge, it is joining some community. So you get a little bit of uh, mm, push uh, or you, you feel of belonging that the accountability is there. You, you don't just have to be uh, holding yourself accountable to something that you, you know you want, but it's difficult to make yourself do it. So I've chose to join a community, but I have a client of mine. She's now on day I don't know, maybe 200 or so when it comes to meditation. So she's followed a, one of the apps where you get, uh, oh, no, 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 she's doing strides probably. Mm. So one of those habit trackers where you track a habit that you want to uh, establish and, and you don't want to lose out on your, mm. on your strikes. <laughs> yeah, so there is something here about, about accountability and about creating a habit out of it yeah. or routine or habit. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Is it a community or is it a WhatsApp group? The one I've joined? Yeah. Oh, that's a WhatsApp group, I think. But it's interesting you say that because some of the people there, I recognize their names. And during the pandemic, they were part of a similar or, or different, but you know, similar setup WhatsApp group. Mm. But that WhatsApp group, I think also, yeah, that WhatsApp group came together in mm. a video, in a Zoom session. So that's a little bit more of a community feel. Exactly. But yeah. looking at this particular group, I'd say it's more of a network, WhatsApp group, people doing their own thing, but there's that feeling of belonging and support, but not personal connection. And accountability. Accountability. That's really key. Yes. It's like you can be kicked out of this group. At yeah. least it says you can be kicked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the accountability, it could be a, a group like this. It could be 
uh, one other person. It obviously could be a coach, but there is something about holding yourself accountable to a habit. And it's something yeah. that we do quite a lot, I think, as coaches as well, is holding our clients accountable yeah. to habits or new routines or things. Yeah. Another thing that's coming up over the summer, I would normally talk to people about which books they plan to read over the summer. Mm. So there's something around what new input are you feeding yourself with? So, you know, we sometimes say you you become like the 10 closest friends that you see most or you become what you eat, you become what you read. So you feed your mind with knowledge, you feed your body with nutrition, you feed your relationships with, with people and all of that constitutes or, or make up mm. the person you become more of. So, so this is an interesting, the deliberate reading, not just picking up any book, but really think about okay, maybe there are, there are some titles that appeal more to my personal growth than mm. others mm. without it having to be a self-help book. Mm. You know, it could very well be a, a fiction, but mm. it's, maybe it's appealing to your explorer spirit. Maybe it's appealing to, you know, your interest in history. It, it could be something else. It doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. coaching. It doesn't have to be a book that you haven't, uh, I have never read before. It could be a book that you reread. And I, I actually think when you when you were talking, I was thinking probably the books I'm thinking about reading are books that I've already read in the past, but mm. I want to reread them to dive deeper into it. In particular, the Jamie Will book that I, uh, his last book that came out a couple of years ago, and I've, I've I read it then, and then I did a course around it, and I want to go back to that because I've I need to re-engage with that material, with that uh, body of knowledge. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's another interesting question. We haven't got that in my group yet, but you know, if you were to list 10 books yeah. that had a big impact on your personal growth, which books would that be? Exactly, very interesting. And question. you and I have talked about this before. I don't necessarily think it has to be about the book, but it's about the time in your life when you pick up that book. Hmm. So something happens, you are attracted to a book, you read it and it has massive impact. And maybe it's because you're going through a developmental phase. Maybe it's because you're open to personal growth at that point. The same book perhaps wouldn't have had the same impact earlier or later. Yeah. yeah. One of my clients going through a difficult time in his personal life, picked up the power of now, probably for the third or fourth time in his life. And he said, it's so helpful in this time, right? So it's like, a, again, a rereading of a book, perhaps not even a second time, but even a third or a fourth time. Because for this point, as you say, this point in time, it's so important to him. Yeah. yeah. I uh, Last time we spoke about personal growth, I was just about to go to India. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to share my Indian experience here and now. I can just say it was amazing from a personal growth perspective. But the book that I, I mean, this is how synchronicity works, right? I was given that book, I was gifted that book just before I went to India and I chose to take it as my travel companion, although I had already read it. So this is Singer's book, The Untethered Soul, which yeah. you know very well. Yeah, yeah. And I read it before and I thought, yeah, 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 I know this, I know this, I know this. And now I read it and it felt like everything was new yeah. and it was talking to me uh, at a very deep level. Yeah, so. yeah that, but that's such a brilliant book. I've reread re -read that book several times as well. It's beautiful. Michael Singer. Right? Michael Singer, yeah. The Untethered Soul. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, what else is there? Well, I think one. Th so, we talk about people, we talk about books or readings. 
but but also think about experiences. Mm, exactly. Let's say something about you know personal growth experiences. Yeah. So I think this comes back to what you talked about in the previous episode on this, and also just now, which is the fun, the lightness, the the feeling of adventure. I think this is really essential. You know, the child finding the inner child is about really finding joy in personal growth, really finding the the the, the fun of personal growth. And for that, you know, yes, we have. I mean, uh, life is is experiences. That's all it is, right? And you can reflect on that, and you can journal on that, and you can decide on how you can make changes and so on. But what if you have a very specific adventure or a very specific experience that you are really excited about? That is just fun, in it, or it could be really, uh, you know, you're going to meet some really great people. You're going to uh, go some to some really beautiful place. You know, for me, this this almost inevitably will involve some travel as well. But maybe that's because of me, because for me, travel is really fun and light and adventure. And you you find a a point in the future in the next three months, six months, whatever. That maybe you go with a friend, you go with a partner or whatever, and you actually look forward to this experience and that you your intention for that experience is that it's going to be a personal growth experience but this doesn't have to be hard or difficult it could well be and it's probably likely to have some discomfort in it but because we approach it as a child fun lightness adventure where you know the, the prim- primary emotion around it is positive although the there might be some discomfort in it too and this could involve lots of different things. So this is about setting an intention for an experience to have a personal growth element. Mm. For example, some of the stuff that you and I have, you know, trips to southern Spain to have, you know, we spent three, four days traveling around. It was business development, but it was also, you know, creating our community that we did at the time, uh, the Africa burn experiences. The, um, you know, there's, there's some... I mean, mm. you, yeah, I mean, it, people need to think for themselves what that could be. Yeah. So if we were to summarize a few things, it would be create a list of people that have inspired your personal growth. Think about what books you're going to spend time with over the summer and maybe with the reflection of which books have had an impact on you in the past. And then go into whatever experiences you have over the summer with an intention of personal growth. Mm. I do need to do a cliffhanger. Um, because I also had an experience after the first episode of this personal growth part one, and I never came back to that. And I will still not come back to it because we are going to wait until personal growth part three before we come back to that. (laughs) Of course, there's always going to be a follow-up on personal growth. (laughs) 